Hi and welcome everyone to the 54th episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Allanson and today's podcast will be about relationship sales, LinkedIn and Dynamics 365. And with me today I have Brian Galicia from Microsoft. Brian currently is worldwide sales leader at Microsoft specific to Salesforce automation workload for Dynamics 365 and LinkedIn. He's been at Microsoft for 10 plus years in various selling and marketing leadership roles, helping customers make a digital transformation journey through making every customer engagement an intelligent one to sell effectively, care everywhere and market smarter. He was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest and holds a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science and Business from the University of Puget Sound. You can follow him on LinkedIn or Twitter. Welcome, Brian Galicia. Yeah, thank you, Marcus. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be part of this conversation with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, sun is shining in the Seattle area. Um, it's June. Uh, it's almost the end of Microsoft's fiscal quarter. I can't ask for anything better. And having the opportunity to uh, share a point of view on your CMR Rocks episode and, and uh, share what we're doing from a relationship sales point of view for our customers and partners and anyone who would gain benefit in utilizing our offering from Microsoft. CRM is all about managing a customer relationship. So what is a good customer relationship to you? Yeah, that's uh, the, the million dollar question, Marcus, when you think about what I focus on in Dynamics. CRM, when I think about customer relationship manage, management and I articulate that to people who aren't in the business or who or even my 10-year-old oldest daughter when she asked dad, what, what do you do? And I would say that managing a customer relationship and what is good customer relationship, it's all about the experience. And you think about whether in your personal life or in the business life, you think about what's the biggest impression of an organization or the people or both that you get engaged with. It's the outcome that can be driven. And so when you have a great customer relationship tool that allows a user to more effectively engage and provide a higher level of service or high level engagement with the end customer, then I think not only did the solution do its job, but the partner or the person doing the implementation also did their job, where it's actually saving time or increasing revenue or reducing costs or improving customer satisfaction. At the end of the day, that's the best thing about customer relationship management. It impacts how we provide customer experiences to our customers. Who are your customer? Yeah, so in my case, my customers are kind of both ways. So as a sales leader at Microsoft, I speak with, I have the fortunate opportunity to speak with customers on a daily basis. And so my customers are anyone who either is looking to do business with Microsoft or already does business. And we've, we're trying to earn the right for them to either buy more of Dynamics or make the investment in Dynamics. And my other customer is actually internal seller as well. So because I lead the Salesforce automation and LinkedIn workload within Microsoft, I have an opportunity to speak with our internal sellers and partners to ensure they understand the value that relationship sales can bring to the customers they're speaking with every day. What is it that they do at Microsoft? Yeah, so I've, uh, as you mentioned in my introduction, I've been at Microsoft for 10 plus years and I've been blessed with the opportunity to be exposed to many different things. In my current role, my accountability is really to provide uh, relationship sales to uh, the understanding to the field and to customers as to what can the value of LinkedIn and Microsoft bring to the table in regards to improving the customer experience. And so my typical day is speaking with customers to educate them on what are we doing with LinkedIn? And then on the other side, it's also making sure internally, are we thinking about the right things to ensure that we're adding value longer term to our customers. So customers who do make the investment, making sure that we're removing roadblocks and things to make it very easy to do business with Microsoft, but also ensuring that we're adding value as it relates to the relationship sales uh, scenario and capabilities. So you're a great feedback channel to Microsoft then to sort of collect from the, the customers of Microsoft. So how are they using this or how would they like to use this part of Dynamics 365 in the future then? 
That's right. Um, I have a great opportunity every couple of weeks to actually go to our executive briefing center. I'm based here in our corporate offices in the beautiful uh, Seattle area, Pacific Northwest, and I have the opportunities to the opportunity to speak with customers on a daily basis who make the investment in the journey to come all the way to Redmond to actually come to our executive briefing centers to understand what are we doing uh, holistically, not just about LinkedIn, but what are we doing about the Dynamics uh, solution set? But then also from a Microsoft perspective, how does Dynamics fit in the overall place? And then listening to what are the challenges that customers are experiencing, articulating how we can potentially help them provide a vision for if they're not thinking about it, what areas can we assist with? And then also providing feedback on if there are things that I'm hearing and listening from the customer that I know we don't do, giving that feedback to many different organizations and teams within Microsoft, whether it be research and development, our marketing team, our sales operations team, to remove the friction. What I like to say is how do we remove the friction to make it easy to do business with Microsoft if we earn the right for your business? Going to relationship sales on LinkedIn and Dynamics 365, well, what is this? Yep, <laughs> that's a question that I've been getting asked a lot. Like, what, what is, what, now that Microsoft has acquired LinkedIn and it's officially part of the Microsoft solution stack, what does it provide? And I would just say that it provides a couple of things. As a seller myself and the people who are listening on the phone, you think about, what are the tools that you typically use when you um, engage in a conversation or engage with your customers? I would say one of it starts with, of course, uh, our favorite topic is CRM, customer relationship management. You have some tool, whether it be Microsoft or something else, you have some tool to organize your accounts, organize your leads, your opportunities, your contacts, your activities. Um, the second thing I would say is that the next thing that typically a seller would use is productivity tools. So email, uh, a calendar uh, on a mobile device, um, tasks, documents, uh, Skype, um, instant messaging, all those things come into play. And the last is as a seller, when you're trying to have a valuable conversation with a customer or a prospect, um, or someone we don't know, it's all about the research that we do. Um, as being a longtime seller, a lot of it is, is I want to come to a point of view that adds value to a customer. And so back several years ago, it used to be tools like um, Hoover's or DMB or, or just going to a simple website to look at that information. Now, with the value of LinkedIn, you can imagine LinkedIn has over 500 million members that you, we as sellers could potentially leverage to understand the background of someone and understand where that comes from. And so we think about there's too much information and too little insight and you have disjointed solutions and, and capabilities. What relationship sales does in the com combination of LinkedIn with the broader Microsoft scenario and solution set, as well as Dynamics, it really offers a unified seller experience to bring in CRM, to bring in productivity and bring in a tool like LinkedIn to allow a seller to really have a targeted conversation or targeted approach to enrich the experience for a user. So rising above all the noise with actionable insights so that we can know, okay, when is my uh, upcoming meeting with a buyer? Um, when did my champion in an organization necessarily get promoted or leave the company? Um, is there a colleague at Microsoft that potentially can introduce me to someone else in an organization that I don't know, but they know from their personal relationships? So you can imagine there's a very powerful combination when you would look at Microsoft and we own all those assets to put together a very compelling scenario for end users. So what type of data can I get from LinkedIn then? Can I get phone number or email or what am I looking at? LinkedIn, when you think about it, we didn't change uh, their point of view as to members first and their privacy perspective. And so if a member or for those of you listening, if you put your information in LinkedIn, we're very conscious on privacy. And so you define, like other social tools, you define what you want to expose or not expose. Of course, there are going to be certain things that are public knowledge just because it's LinkedIn. And so you, uh, from a professional network standpoint, you're picture, your title, uh, the company you work for most likely get exposed uh, externally, as well as when you think about your, the contact detail or the background of your company will also get exposed because that, that's somewhat public knowledge. 
But when LinkedIn really comes into play is when you make an investment in what LinkedIn refers to as sales navigator, it takes LinkedIn to another level where it gives you some additional insight of being able to, let's say, for example, track certain accounts and contacts that you really care about. So you get somewhat of a news feed that lets me know that, hey, Marcus just changed roles. Or how do I know Marcus uh, from his background, but also who may know him if he's not in my personal network? Maybe someone else at Microsoft, uh, like some of the other people you've interviewed in the past, uh, have been connected with Marcus, and I can utilize that relationship, such as uh, like uh, Ben Vollmer, who was on a prior episode. I can leverage Ben and say, hey, Ben, how well do you know Marcus, and could you make an introduction to me? So by having some insight into who knows who, we get a lot of that great richness from Sales Navigator. And if the member chooses to expose phone number or email details to people that they aren't connected with, I would see that. But if I got connected with you, Marcus, and you expose that to me because we're now connected, I would then see some of that contact information if you chose to uh, disclose that and, and push that out of the LinkedIn LinkedIn tool. So, so if I say that email or uh, phone number are officially or externally available or what what's the terminology at linkedin is it like globally available or not just to my contacts available yeah it's it's uh there's various various settings i can say i either want it to be public or i want it to be uh only exposed to my personal network meaning that we're first degree connected um okay, the other thing public that's the term then okay that, that's correct um, the other thing I would say is that in addition to not just phone number and email, LinkedIn actually has a communication, communication tool called InMail. So if a member chose, chose not to expose their contact details, because they're on the LinkedIn platform, I could actually reach out to you, Marcus, via a LinkedIn InMail. If you chose to allow people to do that externally, which most people tend to do, it gives you the ability to interact with people if then if you sent if you then receive that in mail, then it would then um, allow you to choose whether or not you wanted to respond to it. And if you did choose to respond to it, then we would have that interaction within the LinkedIn in mail platform that allows us to determine does it make sense for you or I to continue to have a personal type of conversation and dialogue. Okay, so say that you meet someone, you get their business card. And then you try to get more information about that company then through this platform relationship sales. So what am I looking at to getting them? Yeah, so I think that's a great scenario. So one of the things I would think about, Marcus, is that um, if I got your business card, um, let's say I had a card scanning tool or you came to a trade show and I imported your details into uh, Dynamics. So you would show up as a contact, or in this case, you would show up as a lead. What I would see and get is that whatever richness of information that we may already may know about you because of the various touch points you may have already had uh, with us at Microsoft through Dynamics, I would see all that information. But then in addition to that, what LinkedIn really provides in the Sales Navigator, it adds what I like to refer to as a widget. It adds a component to a lead form to an account form to a contact form or to an opportunity form to allow me to then take advantage of the insight that LinkedIn is providing. So what I would understand from you, Marcus, is if I got your business card, I would understand here is the university you went to. You're from Sweden. You focus your podcast on CRM Rocks. You know these many people at Microsoft or here are the people you're connected to that maybe we share a common connection with, but we're not personally connected with. Um, I can see what your skill sets you have. I can see what uh, companies you've worked for. I can see um, if you do any type of volunteer um, uh, capability or uh, volunteer your time on any type of things or maybe human interests. There's a vast array of different things that, again, if if you choose to expose certain things as a member on the LinkedIn profile set, that LinkedIn information can then be enriched in dynamics because now we remove the kind of alt-tad, what I like to refer to as the alt-tad syndrome, where as a user of Dynamics, I don't have to open up a separate uh, window then to log into LinkedIn, Sales Navigator, then to type in your information to see it. 
in the context of that dynamics record, i.e., in this case, a lead record, I can as simply go scroll down to the area where I've exposed the LinkedIn widget and then now see some rich information as to what type of conversation could I have, um, who are we connected with, and then the background of your company. So if I just look at the company, then can I see number of employees, some financial data, see who's the CEO, stuff like that? You can, yeah. It, so LinkedIn, from a company perspective, does mine a whole bunch of information uh, at any organization. So we'll just use Microsoft's example. Um, it would denote, here's how many employees uh, we have. Here's the industry we sell to. Um, here are the main geographies that we are, our, our locations are at. Um, and then from there, you can actually get more filtered down. LinkedIn offers a rich set of details. So you can filter down on a certain set of information that you as a potential seller really care about. So as an example, to your point of CEO, I could easily say, Hey, I want to pull up all, um, C-level contacts at this company. I can just type in C-level contacts in what LinkedIn refers to as lead builder, and then get exposed to all the people who have a C-level title in uh, the LinkedIn experience. I could also pull in various things like who's made a job change in the last 30 days at an organization. Or even better, one of the things I found, that one of the most valuable capabilities I found in LinkedIn Sales Navigator is who follows my company. So. It, or, it already gives me some indication if, like, I'll just use you, you, you as example, Marcus. If you followed Microsoft, I would bet that you probably are somewhat favorable to what we do. And so as a seller, that's really valuable to know because I may target my conversation at an organization, regardless of title, to someone who is already somewhat biased to my company. Or the flip side, if I knew that I'm heavily competing against a competitor – I can look and look at skill sets in an organization and say, I'm looking for everyone who has CRM as a skill set. I can then, or a competitor's name. I can then put that in and do that filter and then be exposed to how many people have actually been uh, denoted in their profile that have this skill set or this background, which then would allude you to the fact that are they part of your decision-making uh, team? Are they part of the group that would actually ultimately make a decision for what maybe you're trying to sell an organization? So again, there's a lot of rich information we're not trying to replicate in Dynamics. What we're doing is LinkedIn is additive to that. So we're giving the opportunity for a user to take advantage of LinkedIn as it relates to the context of the Dynamics record that they're looking at and consuming. So that means that it's easier to identify the stakeholder or the champion to find the right leads for you then. You're exactly right because you think about the uh, magic or quote unquote logic that happens behind the scenes because LinkedIn has all that rich information and it knows who's people, the people they're connected to at the very top of the experience. When you start to do that rich kind of detail as to who you're targeting, it offers like people that you may want to reach out to. And what I found in my experience is it's pretty accurate to where it gives you an indication, not that you would see an org chart of an organization, but it helps to frame that picture up because you start to see the names of people that that person you're trying to target is connected to. And what I found, it's pretty accurate in knowing that that person reports to someone else or that they're complementary into what they do that would elude you and make an assumption that, hey, they probably are part of the buying committee because they actually show up as a related connection point. I would say that the other capability that's really valuable is kind of what I touched upon, which is as Microsoft, you can imagine we, if you include now include LinkedIn, we have over a hundred thousand employees. Um, I would hate to say, I, I, I admit, admit that I don't know all hundred thousand employees. I'd be, it'd be pretty impressive. Oh, too bad. Oh, I'm disappointed at you. Be pretty impressive. If I did. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I'm sure the listeners are disappointed on that, but when I think about the number of sellers that we have, now you include LinkedIn, that's a lot of people that you think about exponentially. I have over close to almost uh, 2,000 professional connections in my LinkedIn network. You multiply that by uh, 100,000 people, that's a lot of people to potentially get connected to that ha could have influencing power or buying decision power. And so... What I like about Sales Navigator, they really brought into, for me as a seller and a sales leader, 
the value that it had brought to me is that I can leverage the power of that network to where I don't necessarily have to be connected to every single uh, Microsoft employee. What LinkedIn allows you to do with Sales Navigator, it mines that information to know that, oh, there are these many people at Microsoft because they actually denoted on their membership profile that their current company they're working for is Microsoft. And so with Sales Navigator, that big value is it mines that detail and they refer to that as Team Link, where I can use that rich information. And so the example I'm leveraging with you, Marcus, is um, I haven't personally met you, but I know that you know a lot of people in my personal network, like Ben Vollmer, but there are probably also many other Microsoft employees I personally have not met yet in, for example, in Sweden or in uh, Europe that work at Microsoft. And so I would find and denote that and see that here are all the other people at Microsoft that I don't know but know you that I also could leverage as a point of view to reach out to you and say, hey, would you make an introduction to Marcus? I could, of course, reach out to you directly if I could offer some value, but most likely you're going to get a more value if someone made that warm introduction. And that's where I see the biggest value is using LinkedIn to, A, get relevancy on what does someone potentially care about if they're using that as a platform to share details. But I also would get relevancy to understand who is that person connected to that may not be connected to people in my immediate network, are connected to people in my network because I share a common commonality, which is I work for Microsoft. But you said that you can't really see any organizational structure. So if Microsoft have any subsidiaries or it's owned by a holding company, that's not really clearly visible from this tool then. Uh, it, it is if if Microsoft if LinkedIn assumes that all those subsidiaries um, roll up into like we'll use Yammer as example. So Yammer was a company that Microsoft acquired several years ago. Now Yammer is part of Microsoft. Yammer was considered a Microsoft subsidiary, and so if it if LinkedIn knows that that was connected to the Microsoft uh, company then I would get that connection point to leverage those set of contacts. But to your point, if they're not, if LinkedIn notes that, no, those are really two separate companies, they're not really, then you're right. Then that team link wouldn't, uh, capability wouldn't be as valuable. But the, the, the idea of relationships still comes to play because there could be people in all these organizations that, again, are untapped conversations where, again, I only know a certain number of people, but the people that I know knows a number of different people. And again, it keeps expanding just within my personal network. As I mentioned, I have close to 2000 personal connections on LinkedIn. Those connections also have connections with people. And so the good news is that I can, again, LinkedIn allows me to leverage those set of connection points, determine are those people that I know, do they know people that uh, I actually want to potentially have a conversation with or reach out to, such as in this case, Ben Vollmer, where we share a common connection. If I'm looking at this, could this work with the Dynamics 365 on-premise or is it online only? Yep. So you think about Dynamics and Microsoft's point of view. One of the big differentiators for Microsoft is the fact that we offer customers a choice. Uh, and we know based upon privacy reasons or wanting to own the data or certain set of circumstances require people to still run on-prem. So the point of view that we have with relationship sales is that it does work with on-premises, but just know that we innovate more rapidly in the cloud, in our cloud offering. And there are certain nuances that we may not be able to offer in our on-premise environment just because of the logistics or technical uh, scenarios that it on-premise just doesn't allow. And so an example of that, when you say, when I mentioned that um, it does work with on-prem, you actually have to be on a more recent version on-prem. So if for those listening are still on, for example, CRM 2013, that relationship in sales won't, uh, won't actually work. And so uh, if you're on, let's say, the latest Dynamics 65 for on-premises, relationship sales will work, but the caveats are the capabilities of what um, I didn't necessarily mention yet, but one of the scenarios that could come into play is what if I sent you an in-mail um, via the LinkedIn platform? So I, that in-mail scenario that I denoted. Um, well, what we'll be able to do is allow that in-mail to synchronize back into Dynamics. So you can imagine the value of a customer relationship management tool 
is understanding all the interactions and activities that are occurring for that person or that organization. So anyone in that company has an understanding that I've had an interaction with you, Marcus. Um, that sync to CRM capability works with our cloud offering. It will not be enabled, at least in the short term, not be enabled in on-prem. So there are some nuances like that where it works with on-premises, but there are some caveats where certain features or capabilities actually don't work. Okay, but the the widget that we talked most about, that is sort of the main thing that is in the on-premise scenario. That's correct. That's correct. That would work not just in on-prem, of course, but it would also work online where that widget would show up depending on where on the form you wanted to appear and who you want to expose that to. It would actually um, be exposed on the account form, on the contact form, on the opportunity form, and or the lead form. Hold that thought because this episode is sponsored by PowerObject CRM University. CRM University offers live, technical, and developer training on CRM for Dynamics 365. Recommended for CRM owners such as business analysts, data architects, developer, and trainers. CRM University courses cover configuration on the platform, BI and analytics, and reporting, as well as extending CRM through the SDK. For more information on public training in North America and the UK, visit PowerObject's website on the events page. For more information, go to powerobjects.com slash dynamics CRM events, or you can find a link on the episode show notes. So we've been talking a lot about this uh, this now but i've seen a video where you talk about opportunity trending how is that fitting in with this yep that's a great question marcus so when you think about um opportunity trending what you're referring to there's a lot of buzz and excitement around uh the term artificial intelligence ai or and machine learning and my point of view is that you think about the automation that can occur back when CRM, when I was using CRM in my early stages of my career um, as a seller, CRM just used to be a place where you would enter data and you have to kind of mine that data yourself to determine what you think is important or not important. But your point of opportunity training or knowing if you sent me, let's say, an email with interest saying, hey, Brian, I'm interested in talking to you about relationship sales. Something like that is a buying signal. And so when we think about what is happening in the future, one of the things that we're doing as Microsoft is we've made a lot of investment and we continue to make investments with AI and machine learning as evident of the number of data scientists we're, we have on staff and the ones that we continue to invest in. But it also comes down to how do we apply data science to mine data that sits in a business application such as CRM? And so that capability you're referring to is what we refer to as relationship insights. And it's a capability that comes as part of Dynamics, and it allows um, uh, using machine learning and our counterparts and capabilities from the broader Microsoft stacks, such as Cortana and Azure, it allows us to, to, put, to put some machine learning AI algorithms in the tool that allow you to mine data uh, proactively. So to your example, it can tell me that these are leads that you should follow up with because of these certain buying behaviors or situations. So the example of you send me an email with certain wording that denotes that you're interested in having a conversation, that sh would show up in a view for me as a Dynamics user to actually tell me, hey, Brian, you should be focusing your time and effort on Marcus as a lead over some of these other ones because of what he just said in this email. Of course, could I do that without that in the tool? I could, but I would. it would force me to try to have to look for that detail in the activity and look at if I'm managing, let's say, several hundred or even 50 type of opportunities or leads at the same, same time, it's very hard for me to try to uncover that without something proactively telling me. And so um, to your point of opportunity trending, it's just a complementary capability where, as I mentioned, at Microsoft, one of the unique benefits we have is that we own all these assets. We don't have to worry and wor think about third parties to pull into the dialogue to make these scenarios light up. We actually own the assets to make these type of capabilities become real. And when you add things like LinkedIn to that 
capability or the rich integration we have with Office 5 productivity, the rich analytics and machine learning that we can do with Azure and the insights we can do with Power BI and the list goes on and on. It allows us to uh, to provide a more valuable value proposition to again get to a point where me as a user, as I mentioned my first point, I want to be able to allow to be have a tool that allows me to be selling productive to allow me to have a rich interaction and focus on the right things at the right time with my customers. So this allows me to have greater overview if I have a, a lot of opportunities or relationships to manage then so I can better scale my time to focus on the ones that are easy to get first and then the harder one or the ones that are declining and have to bump them to sort of get them over time. Yep, that it, you're spot on, Marcus. That I think it just ends up being a somewhat of a personal assistant. I like to equate it to for those of you who have used Cortana or like AI assistance. The simple example of, and I've this has happened to me before, where what if I'm in a meeting and I need to fly out? Um, my my uh, flight for the day leaves at a certain time, but I don't know about traffic to get from my meeting location to the airport. By using machine learning in that case, it, it's proactive where I get this alert saying, hey, Brian, if you're going to hit the, your flight, um, it's going to probably take you two hours. Uh, you should allocate two hours because of traffic and the line that may exist and the security check-in. And so when you apply that to the scenario that we talked about dynamics, it again, again, if I'm managing a lot of different relationships, a lot of different conversations, as you can imagine as sellers do, it helps to provide where should I focus my energy and time on to make that seller more efficient. And by making that seller more efficient, and in turn, as your organization, it then makes potential higher revenue because that seller is focusing their time and energy on the right things, not the wrong things. But if we want to connect this to relationship sales, then that means that that email that I'm sending that is ending up as data for this relationship insights to consider them. So I have a more information in total for this opportunity trending to know about. That's correct. Yeah, you think about all the rich information that starts to what uh, we refer to as kind of data graphs. And so the value of by pulling in LinkedIn data to the data graph as well as Office 365 and the productivity suite and then Dynamics and then other solutions like Azure, you put in all those data, all that data together, you then have the ability to really make an enriching capability. I think we're just at, in my opinion, we're just at the kind of the, the touching the surface on what the possibilities are, but kind of as you had gotten from other episodes, like with Ben with the IoT and field service scenario, it's the same kind of concept and example where you think about selling, same thing. How do I take a rich set of information uh, including things coming from LinkedIn, like an in-mail to your point with an activity that now is an activity inside of Dynamics. And so could we now potentially leverage that and use that as a data source and a data point to determine, do I uh, uh, focus that seller's time to, to focus on that? Because of, again, that example where if you send me an email, same thing could occur with an email. I could read that data and determine, is there buying intent there? Or not just the buy intent, if that InMail sits in there and let's say says, hey, Marcus, um, let's meet on this date in July. It could read that detail and say, hey, Marcus, it looks like this person, Brian, sent you or you reply back to Brian on this date. I think you should reach out to him to make sure that you've coordinated that date. So, Or it automatically creates a meeting appointment on your calendar because you've already confirmed a time and date to do that. So you're right. There's a lot of rich information to, to, to leverage the relationship sales scenario that we're putting together to make it really valuable for a, an end seller or an end user to um, be proactive in and understand where to focus their time and energy on. So I was alluding to that for relationship insights to work the best, I want as much data as I can about the relationship. And this can be a puzzle piece in that relationship. That's correct. But 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 going forward then, if I, I want to share some some information about 
some documents or something else to to my my lead then how do i do that yeah so um one of the big value adds that um linkedin uh is providing as well as part of uh this relationship sales scenario is that linkedin um about a year ago acquired a company called point drive and so what point drive provides is the ability to what i like refer to is put a container for a potential customer to consume a set of information and you may be asking me, Marcus, like, hey, why would I do that over, let's say, just sending you an email with attachments? Or what if I just created a OneDrive and, and stored all my documents there? That's still an important scenario that you'd want to do that for collaboration, like OneDrive, an example, or SharePoint. I could do that for collaboration purposes, but if I wanted to send you something personalized as a seller to you as a potential lead or a prospect, I'd want to have something else that gives me some rich information to know did you look at it? What did you look at? How much time did you spend on it? What type of machine um, did you access it from? Did you access it from a mobile device or your uh, Windows 10 Surface device on this browser? So what Point Drive provides is that rich set of information so that as a seller, I can work with my marketing team to consume a rich set of information that they may be sending out that I can re-leverage, but I want to personalize that, of course, as a seller. It's not, a provi it's not about providing generic information. It's about pr providing a personalized experience with a relevant point of view to allow them to understand how does whatever you're selling help them, again, increase revenue, decrease costs, improve selling productivity, whatever that may be. What Point Drive allows uh, you to do is allows you to put all that rich information of what maybe you think is important to you, if I sent that to you, Marcus, and which I did, and the moment that you look at that information, I then get a notification that says, hey, Marcus from Sweden is actually looking at your information now. I then can go into the solution and then see the detail as to, as I mentioned, what did you look at? Uh, how long did you look at it? What information did you potentially download? And that's good buying signal or behavior because then me as a seller can then know what was interesting? What were things that that caught your attention? So in my next follow-up, I could then, again, have a more relevant conversation to then know who, what did you look at? What did you click on? What did you consume to determine what questions can I answer for you? What information did you get value of so I can focus my time and energy? Or what information didn't resonate? So then I can determine... Is this something I want to continue? Should this conversation continue to move forward? Or are there things that we haven't thought about that are things that are your, that you think are important that we haven't given to you yet? But this is then part of that LinkedIn thing. So do I do this from Outlook then? Or do I create that on LinkedIn and share the link? Or is this integrated in the whole experience? Yep. So uh, I think this is our first four way into the integration. So the integration that exists today with this scenario is that if I sent you this point drive, it would tell me as an activity similar to the in-mail activity I mentioned, it would denote that that point drive was sent to you. So I would get an activity set up that says, hey, I sent Marcus this point drive. If you started to click on it, then I would also get that insight in the Dynamics activity to denote that, oh, here are the that on this date, Marcus actually clicked on it. When you actually create the point drive, that actually is incurring in Outlook. That's actually incurring in the LinkedIn point drive experience. Then what I would do is either in a LinkedIn in-mail or in an Outlook email I would send to you, I would get a shortcut um, uh, URL um, that is created specific to that uh, container or to that presentation site was which what point drive refers to it as that then I would then include in whatever communication mechanism I want to send to you and then as people click on it as I mentioned you'll see that visibility in an email but then it will also sync that information back into dynamics as you start to interact with the data that's really cool because that is the things that have been missing. I mean, sending attachments in email, I hope people have stopped using that one. And I think <laughs> Outlook today is sort of asking you, do you want to attach this from, or or sorry, remove this attachment and, and use your OneDrive instead? And you says, yep, do that from now on and off you go and share it with the other one instead. 
So I hope people use that one, but this is even better, sort of allowing you to see if they actually did look on it. That's correct. When can I expect to be able to buy this then? If you are a current Dynamics customer and a LinkedIn Sales Navigator customer, you actually don't need to necessarily buy anything because you can actually just download the widget from AppSource, Microsoft AppSource, and take advantage of the scenarios today. If you uh, aren't a customer or maybe you're a customer one or the other, there is an offer, to your point, uh, Marcus, there is a offer that will become available effective July 1st in all markets we sell Dynamics in. Um, to where you can get Dynamics uh, 365 for sales and LinkedIn Sales Navigator at a uh, lower cost. And what I mean by lower cost is that if you were to try to buy LinkedIn Sales Navigator separately and buy Dynamics 365 for sales separately, it would be at a much higher price point. And so we believe that to add value to our customer base, we think there's an attractive scenario, and again, that's why we refer to it as relationship sales, and it's called the relationship sales offer, to allow you to buy um, this scenario at a very low price, uh, at a very low price point, effective um, July first. If I'm looking at relationship sales, do you have any scenarios or, or things that it's not going to to do or cover or things like that where I can sort of misunderstood things? Yep, I, I think the cri critical thing is just be aware that even though it will be available in all the markets we sell Dynamics uh, in, the one thing to be aware of is that LinkedIn actually supports seven specific languages. And as you know, for Dynamics, we support many yeah. different languages. Yeah. The languages that LinkedIn Sales Navigator supports, of course, English, French, Spanish, German, Dutch, Italian, and Portuguese. So if I was in a market that didn't, let's say I, I, it was important for me to ensure that native language was supported, of course, you can choose one of those languages like English to choose because, of course, Swedish was not a part of that list. <laughs> if I was in Sweden and I wanted to take advantage of this, you definitely can. Um, the only caveat is the fact that you would have to consume the LinkedIn Sales Navigator capabilities and components in English for now. Um, and I say that the other things that we aren't doing um, as well is I get a lot of questions as, hey, can I take the information out of LinkedIn and can I uh, suck that into or import that into my Dynamics uh, uh, instance? Um, because, of course, that you would think as a seller or marketer, that's very attractive to take information out of LinkedIn and then go into Dynamics. The answer is actually no. And the reason for that is, again, you think about we're very high, Microsoft and LinkedIn, of course, very high on privacy, and it's all about members first. We want to ensure that from a detail level, we, if, let's say, Marcus, you weren't in that first example that you talked about, let's say that um, you didn't give me your business card. Let's say I targeted you, I, I was going and navigating through LinkedIn, <laughs> navigating Sales Navigator in LinkedIn to identify here are people I think I need to talk to. And then you go in Dynamics and then you realize, oh, these records don't exist in Dynamics. There isn't this one touch button to say, I'm going to take Marcus's detail that exists in LinkedIn and automatically push that into Sales Navigator. You can imagine the reason for that is it's all about members first. You didn't authorize us to kind of take that data and automatically just start to put your name as a record inside of someone's CRM. Someone could still manually put that in there so they get the rich information. But again, those are the types of scenarios that I think is probably the number one question I get asked is that as I'm going through that widget and your record didn't exist, could I have it automatically push that record into Dynamics? Similar to the insights capabilities that are offered today. And of course, the answer is, is no. Um, will that scenario exist in the future? I can't answer that because, again, we always want to think about members first and privacy first. And so there are going to be a lot of rich information that we're going to do with LinkedIn in the future across, as you have seen, with the talent capabilities. I mean, that's a whole separate discussion, but there's a lot of other rich information that are in scenarios that LinkedIn can provide across their talent management solutions, across their marketing solutions, across their learning solutions that over time will get baked into how does that work across not just dynamics, but how does that work across productivity like Outlook, et cetera, that um, probably stay tuned and, again, keep keep monitoring what we're doing with LinkedIn because I am excited. There's a whole bunch of rich information 
that we'll be able to 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 accomplish now that LinkedIn is part of the Microsoft family. On part of that, have you ever got people saying to you, "Oh, did did you actually know about me accessing accessing the the point drive that you sent to me?" Yeah, I, <laughs> it's funny because uh, as I've started to use that recently, it's kind of scary. Uh, that people know. How did you look at? How did you know that uh, you you looked at my point? Uh, you you saw the point drive uh, in conversations, and it's like, oh well, it, it tells it tells me that. Um, I think the other thing too is what's interesting is when you start l the 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 true richness of LinkedIn is that I tend to look at people's profiles before I have a conversation with them because I just want to understand their background. If they have decided to put their profile on LinkedIn. One of the things that LinkedIn provides, and if you choose to give that information out, you can have, there's a setting that allows you to say, do you want to allow people to know that you're looking at their profile? In exchange for that, if you do allow them to do that, you can then in return see who's looking at your profile so it's not anonymous. And so one of the things that uh, I found in my selling engagements has been people like, oh, Brian, yeah, it's nice to meet you finally. Um, I, I, I've put a name to a face because I noticed that you looked at my LinkedIn profile a few days ago. And so that's not a bad thing because again, it shows as a seller, it shows that we care. It shows that we want to understand the background of the per person and ensure that we're providing some type of relevant information at the appropriate time. And also you can imagine, um, when you think about a plug for the value of LinkedIn, LinkedIn is only as valuable as the data that you're putting into it. And so I, I would say that one of the things I would recommend you do um, just for LinkedIn in general is make sure that you look at your profile and write it up in a way that it's not about finding a job. And of course, LinkedIn uh, uh, provides a great opportunity to do so, but also write it up as if someone was, it's your, it's your branding site, it's your marketing site for yourself to say, if I was to engage with Marcus or Brian, what would what type of benefit would I have in that conversation? And so they would, if you look at my profile today on LinkedIn, you would probably see that, oh, Brian understands digital transformation. He understands uh, the impact that customer engagement can, ha can have. He understands what relationship sales means. And so if those are the type of things, if I can help someone with digital transformation, if I can help someone with improving the customer experience, which hopefully everyone potentially cares about, then great. Then that's why I think maybe Brian is someone I would want to talk to. And if it's not, that's fine too. But uh, make sure that that type of information shows up in a way that allows for someone to say, how does how can Brian help me? And then picture is worth a thousand words. And so I think one of those things too is that um, how, how does someone look uh, when they're trying to engage with you? A lot of it is people like to do business with people. We're human beings. And so the ability to look at someone's picture and go, yes, that person looks trustworthy. That person looks like someone that I actually would want to have a conversation with. Do you have any pitfalls, anything where I can go wrong with this? I don't think there's anything you can go wrong. I think a lot of it just comes down to the overall scenario where you have to think about, will this scenario apply to you? And so I would say that one of the things you can think about with LinkedIn or just relationship sales and with a CRM deployment, the tool isn't going to be the silver bullet to solve the problem. I think it really starts down to your business process. It starts with what problem are you trying to solve? Is it, are you trying to solve the fact that you're trying to improve your customer engagement? Are you trying to solve that you're, you need to increase your revenue? Those are programmatic things that are at a high level that would drive the behavior of, okay, if we know what the problem we're trying to solve, is this the right scenario and solution that will help us get to that point? And so I bring that up because LinkedIn, it's a great tool. Don't get me wrong. It is a great, fantastic tool, but it doesn't necessarily apply to all scenarios. And so what I mean by that is, let's say I'm in um, a B2C scenario. Um, not everyone would actually potentially put their profile on LinkedIn because they're maybe not a business professional because LinkedIn is quote unquote a, a site for business professionals. And so if you're, if you're in a B2C scenario, you may not get the value of LinkedIn because the data may not be there. So you think about LinkedIn, if the people you're trying to reach out to don't have a profile, that's kind of an indication to say that maybe this LinkedIn component to adding that on to 
uh, dynamics or this relationship sales scenario isn't as valuable. The other things that we talked about, like relationship insights and, and AI may be valuable because you're mining the data you already know about the people you're ta- contacting, but the richness of the member information that exists on LinkedIn, if that LinkedIn information doesn't contain what you're looking for, then that's an example, Marcus, of a pitfall where um, it may not be the right scenario to address this, the the problem you're, that a company or the people listening on the on this podcast are trying to solve. Where do I go if I want to know more? I'm sure that uh, you might put this link on the broader site, but we have a site dedicated to this relationship sales solution. Um, if you just go to Microsoft.com slash en-us slash dynamics365 slash relationship dash sales dash solution. Or even easier, just use your favorite uh, search engine, uh, such as Bing, to just type in Microsoft Relationship Sales, and it would take you directly to the site. And that's a good starting point. I would also encourage you to look at um, the Business Forward event. So a couple of weeks ago um, in New York City, Satya Nadella, who, of course, is the Microsoft CEO and many other Microsoft sales leaders, had done a great event as to what does relationship sales uh, capabilities mean to, again, business forward? How do we transform your business, whether it be you're in manufacturing, you're in high tech, you're in uh, healthcare, you're in um, professional services, whatever your organization does, um, there was a great video that covers off how can Microsoft provide a level of support and capabilities to help you with that digital transformation. So if you just type in Microsoft Business Forward, again, that's another good set of information and resources to uh, go after. And then as Marcus said, um, I'm pretty um, um, uh, vocal and consistent in posting things in uh, LinkedIn and in Twitter. So so if you want to follow me um, in LinkedIn, or follow me on Twitter at, at Brian Galicia. Um, happy to uh, engage with you via those uh, motions as well. And where are you going to be next? Thanks for bringing that up, Marcus. So for those of you potentially um, attending Inspire, so for the Microsoft partners, and thank you for making the investment to be a Microsoft partner, uh, Inspire is occurring in July in Washington, D.C. So if you're planning to come in D.C., please uh, give a shout out to me either in LinkedIn or Twitter or look for my sessions. I actually will have three sessions related to LinkedIn um, at the event. I think uh, they're going to be on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I can't remember the exact dates, but just know that I will be at um, Microsoft Inspire um, in July. And so that's a great opportunity for to get engagement. And then uh, stay tuned. I uh, don't know yet what uh, will be planned for Envision um, later than year in Orlando, but uh, look for me potentially to also be um, at our Envision event uh, later in the year as well. Okay. Thank you, Brian Galicia, for your participation in Serum Rocks. Yeah. Thank you very much, Marcus. Uh, have a great uh, day and thank you for the time. And thanks to you for listening. And don't forget that you can comment or subscribe to Serum Rocks. Just search for it in your favorite podcasting app and you will find it right there. See you next time on Serum Rocks.